You're listening to the Joy Junkies Show podcast, episode 033. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hey, junkies. All right. So I am a little bit beside myself today because a couple of things, like I'm kind of morning that Mr. Smith is not with me, but as we've been telling you, we've got a bunch of guesties lined up and I'm super excited to have a really close and dear friend and colleague with me today, Kira Sabin. And you can say hi, Kira. I'm here, excited, ready to be awesome. Cool. So Kira, Kira is a life coach. She is the troop leader of love for Traveling Light and The College Crush. She's a HuffPo blogger, a college speaker, an adventurer, story collector, and seven, count them, seven mm-hmm. layers of ridiculousness. Mm-hmm. Right, and she's from Madison, Wisconsin, and she loves cheese. So that's pretty much everything you need to know. Everything. That's it. I sounded really fancy there, especially the cheese part. You did, and I'm sure it's only very high class, expensive cheese. It is. You don't <laughs> mess around in Wisconsin. I'm not eating like cheddar, people. <laughs> Unless it's like well aged white cheddar. Or oh, it's got to be at least like you know twelve year. Oh my bandaged, God. fancy shit. Yeah, totally. So welcome. I'm so excited to have you. Thanks, Amy. I'm so excited to be here. So let me just tell everybody who's listening. Typically what we do on the Joy Junkie Show, we have uh, we bounce back between life topics and love topics. So for the next two weeks, we're going to be doing relationship love topics. Uh, and Kira is actually going to join us for both of those weeks. What we like to do you know, before we jump into a whole bunch of the rich content, which today we're going to talk about how to maintain your individuality inside your relationship. Before we do that, we always like to shoot the shit. And so I figure, why not do that with all my guesties? Right. Right? Because we shoot the shit all the time. There is a lot of ridiculousness. Seven layers, to be exact. Yeah, not six. That's no, six? What? No. In fact, it was like, if if seven layers doesn't do it, you get the eighth layer for free. <laughs> I don't even know. I I I have been saying that forever, and I don't know where it came from. But I think it came from seven layers salad that I like to make for the holidays. I don't know. Nice deep thoughts from Kira, right there. That's that's the kind of genius you are going to be getting this call. Get excited. Yeah. Yes. Epic. So I need to talk to you about this breaking the faith situation that I am so obsessed with lately. Okay. I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. Okay. Awesome. Tell me. Because it is is riveting television. Okay. It's on TLC. And it's it's basically – I know. (laughs) Fuck them, right? Oh, shit. Basically what it is is a bunch of its fundamentalist uh, Latter-day Saints. So FLDS. And it's it's basically the Warren Jeffs cult – that's in Utah. 
And okay. it's this group of kids. They're all like 19 to maybe 24 or something like that. And they, they, they are transitioning into life, uh, Gentile life. Okay. Quote, I'm doing air quotes. And it is just so fascinating because they're still wearing stuff from like 1840. And I'm not shitting you. Like they're not allowed to show anything. They have to have their hair up. And it's, it is just amazing to me how they transition into this, in, in, into this, into the Gentile world, as they call it. So, um, and it's, it, I have like kind of a personal attachment to it because I grew up in a very conservative born again Christian family. Mm. And obviously it's not nearly as strict as FLDS, but, uh, but I can relate to that whole concept of like finding yourself, you know, and finding your truth. But uh, you... I wish you could see the look on my face right now because my mouth's just kind of gaping open as I listen, just going, huh, you've got tell me have... more. Do you have cable? You've got to watch it. Oh, yeah, I do. I do. It's, is it kind of like breaking? Isn't it breaking Amish or something like that? Yes, or it's really similar to that. OK. And okay. they it's just it's so crazy because they fight all this st- stuff that they've been brought up with. But then they it's their it's the fight between what they were raised with and then their actual intuition, which their intuition wants fun and frivolity. Like they they weren't allowed to play. They're not allowed <gasps> bikes. Like they banned bikes. They banned any plush toys and things for kids to play with. They 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 don't have any tools. Like they don't know how to engage in a regular society because they're completely sheltered. So you watch them go through this kind of catharsis where they begin trying all these new things and they go to a club and they're dancing and they're not because they're not allowed to dance and I mean it's just amazing it's just such a good television it's so crazy to think about um you know what what somebody who was not raised with anything like this I mean let alone I mean you're talking like plush toys but just imagine you know the the TVs and just like the the absolutely crazy technology we have now that we didn't have 20 years ago I can't even like I mean, I can fathom, but I actually saw this really great um, Mashable put together, like uh, old videos from the 60s that predict our future really accurately. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was just like, you know, um, you know, one of them was like 1995 and like someday you'll be able to shop on your computer. And, you know, and it's, you know, it's basically, you know, what what they were hoping the Internet would be or they were hoping the personal computer would be and just how. Um, kind of off, but yet on it is. And it was really, really interesting. And you just kind of laugh because it's just like, wow. I mean, it's really, I mean, last 15 years, everything has changed, including in dating relationships a lot of, a lot of, yes. you know? Yeah. I mean, remember when it was like faux pas to internet date? It was like, <laughs> oh, you resorted to online dating. And now it's like, why the fuck wouldn't I? Like, I don't have time to be cavorting out at all these fucking bars and hoping I meet somebody. It, you Do know? you cavort? Amy, is that what happens? You cavort? Nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag cavorting, bitches. <laughs> that is that is actually the hashtag for this podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> or seven layers of ridiculous. Uh, one of the two. Not, not like I know anything about it because I've been with Mr. Smith for 16 years. <laughs> right? Like, and we had pagers child- when we first got together. <laughs> You had pagers. That was awesome. We had pagers did you guys with page each other. What? Did you page each other? We did. Um, okay, <laughs> so, so let's bad. talk. Let's talk about 
how to maintain individually individuality inside your relationship. But before we do, I really want to encourage you guys, there is still time to get your very free, very free, no cost registration to Joy Junkie Jumpstart. It's my five-day video series. We're starting next week, January 13th through the 17th. All you do is swing by the site, go to thejoyjunkie.com, click on Jumpstart. You can get your name in. Tell everybody you that you think would benefit from it. Uh, and basically, it's a way to kind of kick off your 2014 with just really great advice that kind of permeates all different areas of your life. So looking at your identity, a lot of the stuff that we talk about on the show. So uh, getting out of your own way, dealing with negative self-talk, all of that. So join us, join us. So Amy, who wouldn't benefit from this? Let's be fucking honest. That's what I think. Right? Why wouldn't you do this? I know. It's it's free. <laughs> I mean, right. Exactly. Like, you have to be dead and have a black cold heart inside to not want to do this. That's what I have to... That's what I'm going to say. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, Moving on. Okay. So let's talk about what do you think causes people to lose their identity inside of their relationship oh honey and i'm sure you know and, and the, the greatest part and, and you know and just to like specify in some ways like i love talking with amy because she and i deal a lot with the same thing but different sides yeah because you're dealing with couples and i'm dealing with singles yep and so we're dealing with the same stuff just at different places mm-hmm. and for me the number one thing when people say to you like what do you actually do i say I coach on confidence. Ooh. Hands down, that's what it's about when my clients come to me. We could, it's, you know, it's everybody set, it, like has this list of things and it almost always comes down to I don't I don't trust myself enough to make good decisions. I don't like myself enough to really put myself out there and create healthy boundaries and communicate who I am. Ooh. And that includes individuality. That includes getting into new situations. And, you know, and embracing who you are and showing that. Right. Right. Right? I would call that sometimes a relationship fraud where you show up in the way that you think that person you're dating or whoever wants you to be instead of who you really are. And that's a great gateway to losing your all of your identity. It's a great gateway. And you know what? And here's the deal. The ding, ding, ding of, of genius of this first – of this podcast, the first thing I'm going to say is that – that's how you get into emotionally unavailable relationships. Because ultimately, you know, people come to me all the time like, why do I keep dating emotionally unavailable men? I'm like, because you're not fucking showing up. Yeah. Because yeah. you're not being yourself. And then you're like wondering why they're not emotionally available to you when you're not emotionally available. Dude. Yeah. Get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, something something that I see, and tell me if you see this at all, um, where people – begin to lose their identity and it might it, it's not always only in a relationship but where they quite literally become their circumstance so whatever is going on in your in your immediate world like if you just have a baby you become only that like you call, you nurture only this new role you get a new job you get a new relationship and you become your circumstance where all you can do is talk about this new person you're dating where it's like, well, who else are you? What else is going on in your world? So absolutely. I mean, and we could ask ourselves that about anything that we're going going through, whether it's a relationship, your job, your, you know, parenthood, whatever. If we were to remove that one element 
of your identity. Who are you? What's left? You know? And and let me tell you, because, you know, I, I'm, I'm dealing with uh, singles in the beginning, and then I'm dealing with single again. And that is a big thing that shows up that I have a lot of times, women especially, who come to me late 30s and their 40s, divorced, single parent. Yep. And they are crushed because part of their identity is missing because they've right. lost it right. in the way. I, if I'm not a wife, what am I? Right. You know, right. if I'm not a mom because my kids are getting older, you know, what am I? Right. And that is sure as shit a way to get to unhappiness. Right. And, you know, one of the things I think is important to mention regarding that is it, I love that quote that says, like, it doesn't matter how far down the wrong road you've gone, you can still turn around. Mm-hmm. So even if you are in that situation where you wake up, you know, my mom went through that when my dad passed away. She went, she said, I don't know who I am besides your mom or or your dad's wife. Like, I have lost that. So she's going through a total uncovering um, where she's, you know, trying to figure out what lights her up at this phase of her life in her 60s. Um, so, you know, that's one, one thing that I would say is like, all is not lost if you're going, Absolutely. holy shit, yeah, that is me. Absolutely. And the thing is, is that, you know, it is it is just about, you know, embracing ourselves. Yeah. It's just about, and that's, you can do that at any place that you're at, single, in a relationship. Or, and the thing is, is that what I love about this is the fact that not only is this going to like be great for you and, 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 and by the way, for your relationship, because they started dating you because they wanted to be with you, not some kind of version of you. Mm-hmm. But it's so disrespectful to think that they can't love you as is. Yeah. Like try to talk them out of it. Well, just even, you know, when we start losing our identity and we start changing for somebody else, when we start, you know, kind of melding ourselves to what we think that they want us to be, it's disrespectful to them that they won't love you just just as you are. Right. You're not even giving them that chance. Right. And you're fucking shit up in the process. Well, and then that is really subject to the compound effect where it might not feel like you sounded that. so smart right there by the way go ahead oh thank you well i mm-hmm. am mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Uh, so just- but it but it's so true it's the compound effect it's like if you're dating somebody and at the beginning you pretend that you love sports because you think that they mm-hmm. lo- they love sports and they will find you more attractive if you love sports compound that times the next year the next year 10 years, 20 years down the road where now you've become everything that you think everyone else wants you to be. And what that equates is zero happiness Mm -hmm. because you can't please everybody. And then you're inevitably attached to what everybody else thinks of you. And you, you completely remove the element of fulfilling yourself internally versus externally, which is something we've talked a lot about on this show. Um, so I'm curious, Kara, do you have do you have any like personal story where you kind of lost your identity in your in a relationship? I mean, you know, and here's the here's the thing. There's like this gray area because I just think there's so much gray area with love and dating and relationships because there's like this moment in, in the beginning that I've been in that we've all been in and you're so excited. 
and I want people to be excited. I want them to be excited about love and, and dating relations. Why wouldn't they? It's pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting stuff. But what happens is they get so excited that they start melting. Yeah. You know, they start. Um, I'll tell you what I do. Here's, you know, of course I don't anymore because I'm a life coach and I've got all my shit together. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, so there's that. Um, but, but I would say, especially when I was younger, I would, um, my schedule, that's the thing. I'm kind of always been me and, and unfortunately like really stuck on being me because I can't, because I'm so kind of quirky. <laughs> like it's, it just is. But for me, I start bending like my schedule for them, you oh, know, I like see. waiting around for that phone call, like, you know, and then freaking out when I don't get it and start, you know, right away trying to like figure out how do we be a couple? How do we do oh, that? Like, uh -huh. what do I need to, you know, what, you know, where do I need to kind of fit into their life? And that's like where it really shows up for me. Cause I think there's lots of different ways. Some people, you know, pretend to like shit that they don't like. And some people pretend to, you know, but for me, it's about all of a sudden, you know, mm. letting go of, you know, like, oh, I can't go out tonight because I'm expecting a phone call or I'm expecting this or this might happen. I mean, that is just classic, I feel, of just starting to lose yourself right away. Yeah. And that, you know, and, it, and once you start doing that, you are teaching people how to treat you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like, like yours is accommodation, like an over accommodation for the other person's schedule or, and ev just, or everything. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It, it's just about like, I start to prioritize and it's great to prioritize, but it's about, I start to prioritize a too soon, you know, like I get too excited right away. I jump in right away. So I start prioritizing right away. Um, and just too soon instead of like, Hey, is this person actually going to be a great addition to my life? Right, right. Well, I think one of, uh, something that's definitely worth mentioning here too is that a lot of times these behaviors or these patterns that we start adopting, we do so completely unconsciously, right? Like Absolutely. You're in pursuit of something else. Like obviously you're in pursuit of adoration, uh, a new relationship, this boy. Like that's the surface level of it, right? Like we don't think, oh, wow, I am nurturing a behavior that's at a cost to me and to my, you know, identity as self and, you know, who Kira is. Like we don't think mm -hmm. that. So don't discount like the power of actually creating consciousness around it. And, you know, like just what you highlighted and said, okay, I recognize that here is my common behavior. And you can always dig in deeper, deeper and look at, well, where does that come from? How, what do I need to do to let go of that? What am I really hungry for? I mean, you can obviously do a lot of the work mm -hmm. around it. But I think for many of us, we get lost in these patterns unconsciously. Like we don't really realize what we're doing. And then you wake up one day and go, holy shit, I've completely lost myself to this marriage. I'm nothing other than a wife or um, – like for me, I had a situation, it was a, a workplace thing where I just gradually, it was my profession prior to doing this and I worked in a corporate environment in cosmetics and I just was climbing the corporate ladder and slowly but surely I let my entire identity be defined by this career where I, I really woke up one day and went, holy shit, I don't have anything else that I'm giving attention to 
or nurturing besides this career. And my relationships weren't stronger. My health wasn't better. uh, My friendships weren't awesome. I mean, all I had was work. And that's a lot of times what happens. We wake up one day and we say, oh my gosh, who am I besides a parent? Who am I besides a wife? Who am I? So just know that turning the lights on that, like actually addressing what is, is the first step to making a change into what you do want. Um, I mean, for me, that experience completely changed how I addressed my self-care and self-love in the future because I realized I... I'm too dynamic and amazing and awesome to only be defined by one role in my life. And and I'm deserving of that. I'm deserving to have a rich, intimate partnership and a rich career and a rich uh, spirituality and rich friendships. Like there's so many components to my identity. I don't want to be defined by just one. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, and the thing is, is that for me, uh, It's like straight on the crazy train, too, when we do that, when we focus on only one thing, because then we're constantly disappointed. We've put so much expectations in so many things. So whether it be for me and dating, because, you know, when I jump in too soon, not really watching and then putting the expectations of that schedule and those calls or whatever, and then they let me down. Oh, I'm I I go. That's where I lose it. And then I'm like sabotaging it before it even gets started. Right. Right. You know, and I think it's the same thing when we put that much emphasis on one thing being the only thing, you know, that's it, it can never we can never fulfill ourselves. Right. It's it's you're constantly in pursuit. You're constantly chasing. You're never in the moment. Mm-hmm. So so why don't you share with the audience maybe some some tips or tools or anything uh around how they can actually maintain their own individuality or identity inside of a relationship. And, and then I'll share, I've got a couple of, of thoughts myself. Absolutely. And I mean, for me, um, thinking about, you know, the people I work with and thinking about myself and just like, you know, what I said, it being a confidence thing, it's just really about that. What you said, you know, self-awareness and embracing the fuck out of who you are and enjoying it and like letting it just be, you know, teaching people right away how to treat you and and yeah. and bringing your absolute self with you, knowing that however it turns out is exactly how it's supposed to turn out. You don't get so disappointed when you're like, hey, I was myself. I communicated everything that I needed and it didn't work out. That's OK. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and it's so it's interesting to hear our perspectives because you are always coming from that singles mentality. So it's really, really such a refreshing vibe to hear approaching dating from a place of solidarity in your identity instead of, you know, acquiescing and being whatever anybody else wants. Because I don't ever think of it from that perspective because I'm always looking at a relationship already, you know, that's, that's already existing. I know. It's why we're the perfect duo. <laughs> The dynamic duo. When do twin powers activate? Guesties. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Smith came up with that. And so I was like, oh, my God, I love it. All my guesties. Oh, my gosh. So, That's hilarious. Um, well, I don't want to overstep you. Do you have more stuff that you wanted to share? I do. Oh, I okay, do. Go, go. And I, I do. Yeah. Um, and this is one of the things I love. I heard this quote a while ago, and I just 
thought it was brilliant. It's like five words. I don't even know how many words it is off the top of my head. Uh, and it's start with the ending. And this means going into everything in your life the way you want it to be like five years from now. Oh, that's good. Isn't it good? (laughs) I like read that and I was like, that's genius. Yes. You know, and that means friendships and and business and relationships that you want to start with the ending that that you want to, um, you know, everything that you go into going in with an open heart and an open mind and, and basically, you know, like I said, we, we, we bend and we move and, and we tweak in the beginning because we want, you know, people to like us. We want, you know, these different kind of things, but that's where we lose our individuality. But if we start with like, this is how I want this relationship to look like, or this is how I want this to look like five years from now. How do I start in that place? Right. I love it. I know. Isn't that good? That's great. And then, and then here's my last thought. I am all about life support teams. Mm. I think it's like crazy town when people come to me and they and they want one person to like be their, you know, their, be their one, be their soulmate, be their complete, be their everything. Um, I'm into build this life support team so that person can just be great for you and you can be great for them. That's so we have to have those best friends. We have to have those people that we go out and just, you know, uh, maybe love art house movies with you. We love, you know, people who play scratch. We lo- have to, like, build up a whole team of great people so that when one person comes into your life or whatever relationships that you create, that person just gets to be themselves. And you get to be yourself. Yeah. That's great. We, um, we were just talking about that last week on the pod. And it, um, I call it your soul tribe. Because I think we have more than one person that we vibe with on a spiritual level, you know, like your soulmate. And how much pressure is it, whether you're in a relationship or not, for like you to think that that one person's supposed to bring all your shit to you all the time? Right. Nobody's nobody's winning in that situation. Right. Oh, my God. We're geniuses. (laughs) Okay, those are my three things. Those Hashtag are my three. humble. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag cavorting. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I love it. Okay, cool. Well, it's I love I love this because a lot of my things are very similar to yours. Um, but the first thing, if you're really looking, like let's say for you know from my perspective, you're looking at a relationship that you've already you're already currently in, and you're going, my God, I've completely lost myself. And I also see this sometimes. Um, unfortunately, in in gay couples, where because of societal pressures or things like that, they've wrapped up all of who they are into their sexual identity, instead of allowing themselves mm-hmm. to also be, you know, sisters, brothers, friends, um, business owners, and all of these other components. So, regardless what your situation is, whatever you've attached your identity to, I think the first thing, first and foremost, is to consciously choose permission decide that it's not about selfishness to cultivate other components of who you are it's about self-care and we've heard it a million times that you know we can't give to others unless we are really nurturing and taking care of ourselves but I still think that there's this psychological thing where people think I'm a hero if I'm giving to everybody else instead of taking care of who I am. And we we make selfish a really bad thing. And I think selfish is the new black, personally. (laughs) (laughs) 
not orange is the new black. But so, no, I, I could not agree more, Amy, because you know what? We all know what, what to say, but then I see that it's serving people somehow. It's confirming something in themselves to, you know, constantly be nice or giving or, or whatever in a way that just wipes them. Right. And you, you can be both. You can still mm-hmm. be giving and nurturing and take care of who you are and say no sometimes. You know, like there, it's possible for it to, to coexist. And I think a lot of times we think it's either full self-sacrifice or total and complete selfishness. And it, it doesn't have to be that way. Um, and I always say, you know, you can say no with grace and kindness. You don't have to be an asshole to stand up for yourself. Um, you do not. No. You are right. Uh, second thing, date yourself. Create oh. sacred time. Like, just choose something to go do strictly for you. It doesn't have to also be for your business. It doesn't have to also be because your parents would love it. It doesn't have to also be because your spouse needs it. Do something that is 100% nurturing yourself. Get to know yourself. Date yourself. Just do a big free write of a bunch of things you would love to do, like take an art class or take a Shakespeare class or or act or do roller derby or whatever it is that you are fascinated with that you have deemed not important. And choose that. Choose that you are important enough to do that. Uh, and then finally, I always love to say either uncover or recover. So a lot of times we'll have, you know, like the thing I was talking about with my mom, she's in a place where she has to uncover who she is because she's lost it. I mean, she there really isn't a bunch of stuff that she can dip back into and say, oh, I used to do this. I'd really like to get back into it. She just never did. So she needs to uncover. For others, it might be recovering. Like, oh, I used to be really into the arts or I used to really be involved in sports and I would like to recover that. Um, So are there things like that that you could dip back into that are really truly about nurturing self? Yeah. And you know what I want to say coming from your perspective this time uh, of the relationship not only is that going to better your relationship, not only are you going to be able to feel stronger and more confident and not needing people to like, you know, fix you in your relationship. It also, when people tell me they get bored in the relationship, I'm like, go do stuff for yourself. So now you have something to talk about. Yes. Right? Right. Well, and that really speaks to the point of what you were talking about as uh, like expecting that person to fulfill you in every aspect. Like, yeah, which is fucked up. Right. It, it, it's, it's actually a mind switch, like if you – a perspective switch. I always think of – like obviously everybody knows like I'm madly, madly in love with Mr. Smith. But he, does, he doesn't create my self-worth or my validity or my value as a human. He's a gift. He's an addition. He's an add-on. He is – he makes everything more rich. You know, he's a blessing. So what if that was the case? Instead of feeling like your happiness was contingent on how they respond to you and how they, you know, speak to you or give to you or whatever. It's a totally different mindset. Absolutely. And I mean, it's so funny that you and I work in these, you know, different areas and we're doing the same thing. Absolutely. And it, you know? because it all comes back to self. It comes back Absolutely. to internal confidence, fulfillment versus seeking it externally finding, you know, waiting and just, you know, waiting for that person to to come into your life or to fix your life or to what the fuck ever that's never really going to happen. Right. 
Yeah. God, yeah. we're geniuses. <laughs> oh, my God. Genii. Genii? That genii. <laughs> that, that's awesome. Geniuses who don't know the plural. <laughs> <laughs> or I just make up words, which I do all the time. So right. that. So geniuses who don't know the plural. Mm-hmm. So I want to just talk really briefly. Any particular tips for as you begin into dating a new person, anything like concrete that you can do to to be sure that you really are nurturing self? I hope that made sense. It absolutely did. Um, you know what? I think the number one thing is, is to live your fucking life. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and that's like, you know, t- coming back from, you know, my personal story of just kind of like bending over time wise and accommodating, you know, schedule plenty of things so that if you, you know, so that you are busy and distracted because what happens is we start to like somebody and we lose it a little bit, you know, and we lose ourselves. So like, make sure that you have plenty of stuff happening with friends. Make sure that you are still doing things that you love to do. Make sure so that you are actually the incredible person that you want to date. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, because I find that now, if I if I start to date somebody, I really try to absolutely, you know, full full schedule my life so I don't sit around and start thinking about things because that's where I start to sabotage. Where I'm like, yeah, huh? What did it, wait when they said that? What did that mean? Right. You know, that, that's so I just kind of you know. And the thing is, is that that's the person they want to date somebody who already has a great life, somebody who already has wonderful friends. Right. Somebody you know that's nobody that's needs a stage it. five clinger. No, no, they don't. And you know what happens is I see these amazing, incredible women and men who are amazing singles and then they start to date and they become needy and weird and like because they're putting all of their, you know, all of their time and effort into this into this person. And um, that's I think you're just heading down the the bad road. Yeah. So on the same line of thinking if you are if you're in a relationship let's say and let's say you've been in a long-term relationship and you really have lost a lot of who you are to this marriage or to this relationship I think one of the the keys and you know people always ask and Mr. Smith and I like how uh how do you guys make it work after so many years and blah, blah, blah. And one of the components, I think, is that we've continued to grow as individuals, but we have shared it with the other person. Mm. So for instance, if you're listening to this and going, I need to make some serious changes in my life. I want to start caretaking for who I am. Please be in dialogue with your partner. Talk to them, but really, truly watch your approach. So instead of coming from a place of like defiance or like, you know what? Things are going to fucking change around here. You know, and like, I'm taking a stand for me or blah, 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 blah. What would it be like if you just said, you know what? Hey, I've been listening to this podcast or I've been reading this book or I've been really thinking about some of the things that I'd like to shift just for myself. And I want to share that with you. You know, I want to include you in this. And I'm I'm considering going back to school or I'm considering this. And I would love to know your thoughts. Get in conversation about it and watch your approach. Watch your delivery. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you know what? We've allowed this behavior and we have to fess up to that. You've got to own it. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. It, and you know what you've been saying, you know, I, I, I say the same thing. You teach people how to treat you. But a lot of times you teach them not with what you say, but with what you choose to tolerate. So if you've tolerated yes. 10 years of whatever it is, 
you've nurtured that that's what's acceptable to you. So if you're going to switch it, talk about it kindly, you know, and talk about it in the most authentic, sweet way that you can. And, you know, and then depending on how things go, you might have to make choices. You might have to establish boundaries and, you know, certainly it's not something we could wrap up in 30 minutes, but, uh, but you owe it to yourself to take a stand for who you are and for what you want out of life. Because I was actually just talking to a friend of the family who's in her late 70s and she's just now getting out and starting to date and realizing, I told her, everybody comes to a point in your life where you realize, I need to live my life for me. And it's not a self about being selfish or, or anything like that. It's about truly being happy. And she just like looked at me and she hugged me and she, she was just like, I, it has taken me so many years to realize that. Wow. So don't do that. Don't wait. (laughs) Don't wait till you're an octogenarian. How's that for a word in your eighties? Um, genius is what that was. (laughs) Genie. Genie. Um, that was, wow. I, wow. So anyway, keep saying anyway, I think that that kind of wraps it up for today. Is there any final thoughts you want to leave leave everybody with? I think just that not only, you know, can we say all the empowerings, you deserve it and you're worth it and all those things, but just know that your life is going to keep on not feeling good until you do this. Yes. Don't do it because of, you know, like girl power. Do this because... <laughs> mm-hmm. You're going to keep hitting your head against the wall again and again and again until you really grab onto who you are and just and, and love it and share that with people in life who want you to be that person. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And you will surprise yourself who you attract when you step mm-hmm. into that. Mm-hmm. So and how. And tell everybody where they can find more of you. Um, I'm everywhere. I'm literally omnipotent at this point. Uh, (laughs) See, look at the big words coming out. Uh, Thanks to my Christian upbringing, I'm very familiar with that word. (laughs) Starttravelinglight.com is my site. It's, um, it's, It's very ridiculous. There's lots of great just thoughts on love and dating and even relationships sometimes. And just it's, it's great for singles, but I know a lot of people who aren't single also read it. Just because there's like just thoughts on life and how to how to how to get to that place where, you you know, you are grabbing who you are and and changing it yourself because it always comes back to self, just like you said. And you have a podcast as well. I do. Seven minutes in heaven. I call it uh, self-help for the ADHD. I love it. (laughs) So it's seven minutes and uh, it is you know, chocked full of just a lot of, you know, good genius thoughts. And uh, you can, you know, listen on your your car ride or your train ride or subway or just when you're walking because walking's good for you. I don't know why I'm saying this. It's colder than fuck here in Wisconsin and I'm not walking. <laughs> I'm not going outside. So whatever your method of transit, <laughs> you can listen to her podcast. So be, be sure to <laughs> <laughs> to uh, to swing by starttravelinglight.com and check out Kira. Also, if you haven't done so already, I know I mentioned this earlier, be sure to cruise by thejoyjunkie.com, click on Jumpstart, and get your free registration to our video series. I'm so excited about that. We're going to say goodbye, and we'll have Kira back next week. We're going to talk about some really cool things. So <laughs> here is to loving and living your most badass life. 
Kira and Amy are out of here.